Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You are about to be. Trampled underfoot. All right. So, so dude, is that the same angle that you always, what's going on, dude? <laughs> We had a minor meltdown. You see, um. It's just a case of Microsoft decided it needed my computer more than I did right now. Well, so not... it started with a technical issue. Yeah. First, you couldn't hear me on my microphone. So I'm unplugging and plugging in everything. And then we say, you know what? Yeah, I might have to reboot the computer. So I went to reboot the computer. Please do not turn off your computer. Now installing update one of four. <laughs> do you want to know? 45 minutes ago. <laughs> Do you want to know why I know that you're you're a ball of nerves or stressed at least per- perceived? Huh? Why? Because <laughs> you have a Las Vegas casino smoke cloud above your <laughs> your, your head. Hi, y'all. <laughs> Other than that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Hi, I'm Mark, and I'm Eloy. We're two guys from different decades, different backgrounds, and on opposite sides of the continent, discussing life, the universe, and everything. What's the show about? About an hour. Trampled underfoot. So here's the thing. So I, for a long time, and I don't usually go into it, especially on this podcast. But if we talk behind the scenes, I always felt like, man, why is it that you know? And there's a lot of reasons for it. Um, so I'm not narrow-minded in in the probabilities of of different you know possibilities. Uh, but I, I'm like, well, YouTube seems to have a stranglehold, hold you back, sort of thing for certain channels and. I think that sometimes, and then I think too much. I saw a big change occur back in 2017, 2018, and this has to do with that and an article that came out that I want to share with you. But uh, your initial thoughts on that? I, I knew with this new CEO, YouTube's new CEO, that some things were going to come down the pike that were going to be some changes just by the way she talked. Right, and uh, they have come right out and openly related what you're fixed and to talk about yes i said fix and tough for those of you down south yeah i i do know what you're going to get into and i do have some opinions but i'll let you go i'll let you uh break it to them gently okay so i'm just going to read this out and then see what your reaction is because this is not from me um this is a recap of a longer article but there's a lot to to chew on on there okay so alphabet is the company that encompasses google youtube and other things uh in a big umbrella. So YouTube belongs to them. And so does the Googles and all, all that. So this is the, uh, the write-up or at least the bits that I have here of a longer, a uh, longer article. So alphabet has more than 70 billion in market in market cap wiped out. Um, and it's banning and it's blaming YouTube, right? So in the first quarter of 2018, Google began, making changes to YouTube's algorithms designed to stop harmful content from appearing in the feed of recommended videos uh, that we see on the side page. So 
Um, the goal was to make it harder to find videos full of conspiracy theories, fake news, and all other, you know, things that, that sent advertising uh, fleeing from the platform. But here's the kicker. Um, and there's a lot to digest in that, but here's the kicker. But all those garbage videos, now they use that word. One man's garbage is another one's castle. Right. I, yeah, so it, one man's trash is another man's treasure. That's the thing. But they're putting that as garbage. Well, here's what they say, if you read between the lines on this. But all of those garbage videos kept engagement high, and it kept YouTube users tuned in to their feeds beyond that initial um, video that they came to watch. So that that video grabbed them, and they continued on their journey um, that initiated them into long sessions of viewing. Uh, they call that garbage. So even though, so here's what they say, that even uh, the users that t- turned into the feed beyond the, so even if the, so the company said that they only make up less than 1% of all videos on the site, those trash videos, um, and YouTube was incentivizing to keep its algorithms pumping junk, uh, what they call junk, to the top of people's feeds. But that's because the algorithm was basically, well, this is what people like. You know, let them eat cake. Well, they, they, they changed that up, and it was a devastating thing. So it was reported on Bloomberg and so on. Earlier this month, it showed that for years, YouTube ex- executives ex- ignored the warnings from their own employees, and um, just all that created what we have now, a $70 billion, uh hit on its market cap. And it's like investors punished, it says here, the company on Monday for vaporizing more than, than that uh, amount, $70 billion. So that's the gist of it. There's a lot to digest there, but that's the heavy stuff that I wanted to uh, share. Yeah. And make no mistake, $70 billion is not a number that you can wrap your head around. A million dollars is not something that you can wrap your head around. But a billion dollars is a thousand million. That's insane, dude. They lost 70 of those in market capital. And that is value to the company. The entire company, Alphabet, that owns Google, that owns AdSense, that owns YouTube, a whole bunch of things. That's a ton of money. Then the investors, as you say, punished them by selling off stock. Yeah. And the value of the stock went way, way down. Now's the time to buy. Yeah. Yeah. It might be, but I'm not going to make that recommendation. That was not an endorsement. That was not a recommendation. Yes. What, what, Mark, um, so what Mark said, okay, guys? <laughs> not a recommendation. But it is exactly as you read it. When, they, when the new CEO took over and decided to try to, quote, unquote, legitimize YouTube and operate more along the lines of a television model and started – promoting i don't know if you've noticed if you go to your uh, recommended feed you go to youtube's homepage uh signed into your account you'll see a lot more recommended videos from news sources abc cbs nbc fox bloomberg you'll see all of them yeah yeah you'll see a lot more of that and you'll see a lot more content from the networks you'll see a lot more jimmy kimmel whether you've actually watched any of their videos or not but it's YouTube's attempt to, as you say, legitimize and get rid of, quote unquote, the garbage. But yeah. now we're seeing the un- unintended consequences because even though some advertisers were bailing over the fact that, I'll just say the name, Alex Jones had a channel people were watching. 
and they might start off on one of his videos, but then they see the recommendeds and they go. And it is exactly like you said. They would stay on for hours and hours and hours, and those people aren't doing that anymore. Now, you said that it only made up 1% of the content on YouTube. Yeah. That's still a hell of a lot when you think of all of the days worth of video that gets posted every day. All of the days worth of video that gets posted on YouTube every hour. You know, 1% of a billion is still a ton. And it was enough to keep these people engaged. And so when they pulled the plug on those, a lot of people pulled the plug on YouTube, Google, Alphabet, AdSense, the whole thing. My... I mean, they ended some businesses. Oh, they there were businesses. Yeah, there were businesses formed and operating for the sole purpose of creating content to put on YouTube. And they ended those businesses. So, now, oh, go ahead, go ahead. You may not like it. You may not like it. You may not believe it. You may rage and rail against it. But it is a fact that if you're running a business, you have to run that business for profit. And if you don't, you have no business running that business. Just my opinion. So I think that on the level of the viewer, YouTube, all of us, our friends on the chat and us here, all of us, not only are we consumers of videos, but we're also participants in that role. So you're not like I am. I'm not like Katie. Katie's not like Matt Haas, Steve, SDM. It just, you know, we're all very much individuals coming to this platform, which is what made it interesting, where you had human beings, individuals doing quirky things on many levels, right? We're um, They're sort of focused on the news side, but just people that make like the field that we kind of dig um, and musicians and all these things. And by them switching in my they took out the humanity and turned it more into like a little prepackaged TV model, like you're mentioning. And people get whether a person is consciously aware of it, but for sure subconsciously, it's bunk. It's it's you see it and you know when it's not. You know how those corporations will do those puppy videos or uh, whatever videos, and like they look natural, but you know they're not. People aren't stupid. My contention is maybe that that stupid in one way, but not stupid enough. People know what they like, whether it's in bad, good taste or whatever. And because of that, YouTube was a success, at least in bringing people in. And by doing this, I think it affected more than just that whole news thing. It spilled over by changing algorithms. You have all this these groups of, of channels that I felt a total change in my view. I had new people coming in and seeing it for the first time, and then all of a sudden, nothing. They talk, It's no secret that the algorithms play the major role in whether you get seen or not, so people try out whatever the heck you're, you're offering. The algorithm is there to guide what they think you're going to like based on what you have watched. Now, on its own, left alone that way, that's the way it supposedly worked for a long time. Mm -hmm. In that if you watch seven episodes of Keyboard Cat, you're going to see Keyboard Cat videos being suggested to you right. and similar videos. You're not going to see a lot of hot rods and uh, welding or uh, sailing ships. But when they tinker with the algorithm 
to say, okay, he watched Keyboard Cat, but we don't like cats, so we're going to promote... Keyboard dogs. <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, desktop dogs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and see if we can draw him over here away from keyboard cat because we want to keep the cats away. Cats get enough attention as it is. Yeah. Cats are evil. They're there to, here to take over the earth. Now, that may or may not be. But when you start eliminating channels from contention, I'm not saying when you start trashing the channel. The channel is still there. But you're saying promote videos with this topic, this topic, this topic, this topic, but exclude this content creator, this provider, this company. Your algorithm no longer works. It's no longer a true reflection of what is actually in demand. The, uh, the zeitgeist, you know? It's yeah, in demand. It's not a true reflect reflection of what people are wanting to see. And no. you only have to look to the trending tab on YouTube to see that. Because you'll have a ton of music videos with millions of views. Then you'll have three or four videos with maybe 96,000 views or 47,000 views. Okay, now that's great. They, prop, they maybe make real good content, but you can't tell me that something with 46,000 views is trending when there's something out there on your list with four and a half million views that you're not putting up there. That's an agenda. And yeah. that's messing with the search results. Trampled underfoot. Writing on that that you just sort of laid out for us, I've always been... So when I started on YouTube in 2006, I got in, started making music and recording little videos, and people would see them and remember it was, I think, a thumbs up, thumbs down. Was it a thumbs up, th thumbs down, or hearts? You could... I, one I heart, two wasn't it stars? Stars. It was little stars. Yeah, you right. gave it one to five stars or something like that. So here's the thing. At that point, it it had just early on. It had just been purchased by Google, but it it took till 2007 or eight for Google to start that monetization partnership thing. They had a great thing where they can mold and cater advertising from around the world. Um, using these videos that people would upload. So they create the content. They don't have to create no content. They just have the servers. They get the advertising. It's just, just an incredible thing. But um, when advertisers start to demand this, this, and that, it's such a messy. You have the whole world uploading videos. Back then, communities would... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Rise and form around music, and, and they do now, but not the same. You could actually message people directly 
Um, I, I don't know if you could you could probably do that, but it, it, it was obscured. You could connect with people in a very, I don't want to say Facebook-like way, but there was a closer, co- it, now it's just rough. It's just straight up video with some connection of the comments and whatnot. But communities were formed and money wasn't in, uh, even thought of then. And it's become this thing. And the use of manipulation of what one searches, if you go into a library and all the aviation books are stu- stuffed in the medical section because they, the librarian wants you to read medical, is a bad it will ultimately destroy itself if you, if you do that. And this is what this is. This is a big library on video, and the human race is adding content to it. And you can't do that without unintended consequences. Right. Well, I think it's a combination of several things. It is like you say. But what it is, I think, just and this is just my opinion, I don't know anything that anybody else knows. I don't know any more than anybody else does. I think it's a combination of a personal agenda as well as an attempt to please everybody all the time. Because what happens when you get that dreaded yellow dollar sign? They say your content is not appropriate for all advertisers. Well, you've said many times that no content is appropriate for all advertisers. And you're right in that statement. But they're trying to please all advertisers. Right. You know, yeah. Chevy trucks may play an ad on my video or your video. Probably Mattel is not going to play a Barbie ad because it's not appropriate for that advertisement. But they're trying to please all of the advertisers. And television channels and radio stations make this decision every day. They have to decide what advertising they're going to accept and what advertising they're not going to accept. And you know that certain times of the day, you're going to hear advertisements from Chevy and from Ford and from Chrysler. Mm -hmm. Certain times of the day, you're going to hear ads for Vermont teddy bears or something like that because they've studied the demographics and they know when people are listening to certain things. They're not trying to make a DJ change his format or a talk show host to change his format to please the advertisers. They're telling the advertisers, this is what we got this hour of the day. You want to advertise, this is who you're dealing with. Yeah. And so it's not that the radio station or the TV station comes from the position of strength because they have standards they have to meet too. True. It's just that they're not attempting to please all advertisers. Because maybe you don't want Chevy trucks advertising on your videos. Maybe you're a Ford person and you want Ford to advertise on your videos. You have no say in this. But YouTube is trying to please Vermont Teddy Bear as well as Mattel, as well as Whammo and Slinky, as well as Chevy trucks, Ford trucks, and, you know, Craftsman Tools. Let me add something. They're completely different worlds. Now, you couple that with a personal agenda. I don't like this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, and I don't like this topic, that topic, the other topic. You're gone. All the people that were advertising on those channels, their revenue drops. So let me add something that might be kooky. And I agree with what you just explained. If YouTube had a very much more intricate for people that are serious about, you know, making their channels grow and specifying 
you know, where they sit in the larger picture, what kind of genre and whatnot, they could easily subcategorize and make it more intricate so that the the uh, channel can say, this is a, say, woodworking channel. Um, we work with this, 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 and hone it in so that people can self-categorize. They do have a list, but they have right. self-help and how-to. They have this, this, and that. And those are broad. And mind you, I know that this is a universe of algorithms. They have enough information to tackle with. But if it's such a big deal, they could put more tools in that respect in the hands of these channels so they can cater. And then when the advertisers come and open up their advertising, Google a- advertising or whatever, YouTube advertising, they can drop and they could select, you know, their, their things and have their percentage uh, uh, of what channels, whatever. They can make it so that it's a little bit more user-friendly for the advertiser as well as the um, content creator. But without the advertiser and content creator, that's bad, right? But Without the viewer, you have nothing. And if they mess with it like they have, you end up with these results. They just want to play some sort of demigod. I'm, I'm, I'm not willing to say they. I'm willing to say she. Because this is coming from the top. You know, She does have a personal agenda. And she said so several times. She has said so herself. That she does have a personal agenda. And she wants to get rid of, quote unquote, fake news. Let's not forget that one person's fake news is another person's parody. Every time we saw Chevy Chase or Dennis Miller doing Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live, that was fake news. And parody is very difficult. Okay, just to vibe off of that, it's very difficult. And many people fight, say, let's talk about Facebook for half a second. It's very, let alone an algorithm, but it's very difficult for uh, people have a conversation on Facebook in the comments and say something quirky or slightly, it could sound slightly off-putting or it could be totally tongue-in-cheek and yet the person reading it, you can't account for those variations that you have in front of people um, in writing and people get offended and so you miscommunicate and bam, you have a total war between people and that much more with a computer that reads, you know, something serious when it's actually goofy. You can't adjust that. And th- that complicated, str- humans are more complicated than that. And it's true. Right. It's not a perfect, never, anything is, is never perfect. But um, they, they, they screwed up. Well, well, yeah, that's the bottom line. They did screw up. And believe me, they're, they're, she's being talked to. We've seen it before. It's that's that's gone throughout history. But when you make policy based on something as subjective as using phraseology like garbage or fake news, when you make policy based on something that's that subjective, you're asking for trouble. Yes, there's a whole world of people that use parody. They get thrown into it. Maybe it's a legitimate uh, qualm that a video is putting out. Maybe. And here's the, the kicker. I don't know about everybody else, but I'm willing to go on out on a limb. I personally consume the videos that I want to consume. And what I don't want to consume, I literally effortless, effortlessly, even if it's there, particularly if they offer it, meaning the algorithm, the YouTube thing, I'll pass it up like nobody's business. They do sneak in because, you know, it's inevitable. Like you'll see sure. like, 
a puppy dog squishing a ball or stuff or whatever the heck it might be, it's inevitable that you're going to yeah. click on. So sure, and they sense. know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and maybe that's where their gain or thought of gain is. But in the long run, you can't type in a freaking thing in the search like I did the other day, and you have all these videos under a theme, and then you have some strange variation in the middle, and you can see it's not collated in the proper. Look, this is a big library. I don't have any other way to look at it. It's a big, huge digital library. And the only way that I can reach what I want is by typing it. Sure, they have total right to do whatever disgraceful, messed up algorithm they want because it's their platform. But at the end of the day, it's going to cost them everything. And then what? Well, and and, and they're seeing that. Now, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say that some of these channels are going to come back. But I would venture to say that some of them might. I venture to say some of them will be rebranded and come back as something else. Yeah. Well, because these people have too much money invested just to say, well, well, you know, there went that. Gee, what do you want to do now? Instagram. No, that's not yeah. going to make it. They're seeing that now. And the CEOs being called out. Trust me when I say that Alphabet is having some serious discussions with her right now. Because when a company loses a number with that many zeros behind it, somebody is gone. When they have higher-ups that can call you up to that carpet and say, what's this? Somebody's yeah. gone. Now, I'm not going to say that uh, the CEO's career is over with. I'm not, I'm not ready to say that at all, and I'm not suggesting it. Again, I don't know anything anybody else – You know, I don't know any more than anybody else does. But Alphabet is not going to take that loss lying down. There will be steps taken. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying they're going to invite that kind of content back. They may never invite that kind of content back. Trampled underfoot. I've always, and I've told you this in the background, and I've always thought that a very reasonable, so look, a very reasonable thing would be to have a randomized, because look, we get stuck in these vortexes of the same damn thing, and fine. Serve up all this stuff that you want on the screen. Oh, look, you know, dancing koala bears on top of a tightrope in Alaska for some reason. Um, oh, give me a link. <laughs> well, but it, so apart from that, how about a category drop down randomizer? So, oh, how to in style randomize so that you can get into some fresh stuff at least. And the reason for that is so we can break away from the same old same old people need to be able to feel in this content world that they're not getting freaking um you know tugged and and put in a in a box uh, they need to have they need to feel that their search is true to what they're searching for and although although they may claim that that's the case um on that level it's it's kind of weird man it's kind of weird. I, I, it doesn't match. They messed up. That's that's how I feel about it. And frankly, I'm I, I'm not happy with the way my my visibility has gone down on my channel. I mean, fr frankly, I was doing pretty darn good until this whole YouTube apocalypse, ad apocalypse, whatever the heck you call it, um, happened. And I had nothing to do with that one dude. And by the way, that one dude is sitting rocking it, you know, doing like talk shows and all this stuff. So he did this catastrophic evil thing, but a lot of people suffered for it. And they're trying to manipulate it to cater to It's just a yeah. big mess. Yeah. You know, um, 
a year ago, I would have said I don't see who it benefits. But since the regime change at the upper echelons and the new regime has made that announcement that, yes, that's what we're doing. We're driving the quote unquote garbage out. I have to back off of that position. You know, I'm forever. You've heard me forever say, show me. Well, they showed me. Okay. So now clean it up. Because if you continue, let's think about this for a minute there. She's talking about adopting the TV model. TV is a dead medium. It's going away. It's going away. Exactly. People don't want to wait a week to see the next episode. They want to go on Netflix and watch it all now. That's why these series release the entire season of a series all at once. Yeah, it works. If we possibly can. And it works. People stay on it because they'll watch it from start to finish. Then they'll go back and they'll watch it again. Then they'll go back a season, maybe two, maybe from the beginning, depending upon how many series there are. And they'll keep watching. People are tired of appointment television. They don't want to wait for your next episode. TV is dying. And that's why the cable companies are coming up with so many different on-demand options. Uh, And download the app so you can watch on your mobile device. Watch TV at your leisure. Anytime you want. Any channel you want. And they're coming up with ways to stay in or ways to compete with Hulu and Netflix and Amazon TV. Yeah. Because people's viewing habits are changing. I mean, you know, the only reason people watch local television anymore is to catch the news mainly for the weather. The weather used to be five minutes in a newscast. Now it's 15 minutes of the newscast. Sports is the last five minutes. They get the headlines done. They go to a weather teaser do a few more stories, the weather, a few more stories, sports, end of the show. Yeah. I mean, because that's what people want. They want the weather. See, at the end of the day, that's the ticket. What people want. Obviously, they're, they're, they're ha- you don't want freaking. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And violent... See, there I am explaining some sort of line. But you don't want freaking assassinations on... You know what? You don't right. Want- there has to be some sort of community standards, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. You can't have people lighting a stick of dynamite and throwing it in some passing vehicle saying it's a prank. You yeah, can't be you doing that. Yeah. You know. But when you're talking about having a breakdown of, you know, further the breakdown, not just how to in style. Let's have a maker category. Let's have a wood category. Let's have a metal category. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, because as it sits right now, you are classified in the same category with Hot Rod magazine. And trust me when I say they got a lot more money to put out content than you or I will ever have. Yeah. So by giving by allowing more categories, that allows the advertisers to pick and choose where they want to be and stop trying to please every advertiser out there. There is nothing in anything I have ever made that is going to be attractive to Pampers. Or even flow. And let me tell you this. No matter who you are as a YouTube channel person doing your thing, 
whatever your particular eccentricities are in how you do your thing or whatever little corner of the creative world, fashion, music, whatever you are, we have billions of people on this planet and there's people that will dig that. But if you manipulate the, we don't know how many, but what I'm trying to say, it's not so outrageous to allow people to search for a certain thing that matches what they are searching for and not categorize in a broader scale like that. There should be a little bit more intricate to, um, settings so that, and who knows, maybe they're working on that, but there's something for everybody. But and don't you touch know, the same stuff. And, and you know, give the viewer a little bit more credit than you do and give the content creator a little bit more credit than you do. You know, um, and take the stigma off of age restrictions. Don't call it age restrictions anymore. Call it targeted targeted viewership. Um, I don't know if a 12-year-old is going to want to watch anything that I've ever put out. But if they gave me an option to look at my analytics and say, these are my target demographics, I want to go for the 25 to 64 crowd. Allow me to age restrict myself without some sort of punishment. I think there is a category, but it's there, only, it's only for explicit. And you're right, not explicit. Exactly. And there's nothing explicit about it. And that's what I'm talking about, removing that stigma. Yeah. If my content is made for kids, let me state my content is made for kids. My target demographic is for preschoolers. Or my target demographic is for teens from, well, you know, from 12 years old to 16 years old, something like that. SpongeBob SquarePants, and I know I'm going to ruffle some feathers here, but SpongeBob SquarePants was basically a kid's show. It had a target audience. It was not intended for the 45-year-old intellectual. That's not to say some 45-year-old intellectuals don't want to watch it. But that gives the viewer the choice. You know, if you know that this show is targeted towards six-year-olds, forewarned is forearmed. Okay, fine. Or this channel is targeted towards six to 12-year-olds. And let that work with the algorithm. The algorithm knows that I'm 58. It asked my birth date when I signed up for my Google account. The algorithm knows that I'm 58 years old. It's not going to push preschool shows to me. Right now, it could if I happen to click on one because of a clickbait thumbnail. Yeah. Now, yeah. no, not all content creators are going to abide by that. There are going to be some Adam Henrys who come along and say, yeah, this is for seven-year-olds. And turns out it's, you know, death metal or something like that. There is going to need to be some some oversight. But believe me, if a lot of parents start reporting the content is inappropriate for this age, somebody at YouTube is going to take a look at it and go, yeah, no. To give them props on whoever made the idea, decision, or whatnot, the feature, I believe, has been available for the privileged. I hate to say it like that, but yeah, um, the common YouTube guy, to me, the way it works is that the common YouTube guy or gal that is making some sort of whatever, to me, is just as valid as any... Now, that's not realistic because the more money they bring in, but the big companies had these i don't know what you would call them but if you are cop if you're playing copyright music um they have this thing that searches out and finds the channel that's the culprit and strikes them so that sort of thing they've provided something like that or content identification copyright whatever. content id right 
they have now offered that to all of us. So lo and behold, we now can go over and Matt Haas of Awesome Wood Things on his uh, YouTube, everything YouTube show on Mondays or Tuesdays, Mondays? Mondays. It's Monday, Monday afternoons, yeah. He um he mentioned that feature. I went in and I had looked at it before and saw that I had some people that had t- stolen my content. I had four people, two with the same video all the way back to front, just recopied it. And in the uh, copyright on, they stole it from me, uploaded it, and on their thing where it says copyright license, it says common. You they said common for everybody to use. So so they took it from me and then they said, oh, it's in common use, like you know, and yeah, public domain, yeah. Public, to, I freaking pressed the button to remove it now. It lasted like uh-huh. 24 hours, and they pulled both of them down. I have two more left there, but I wanted to see how these two work because they were the biggest offenders. Mm-hmm. And so that's – I give kudos to whoever thought right. of that within the YouTube because that's such a good thing because now right. it gives us power to defend our thing. And, and make no mistake, I am a serious – Serious hawk on that. You can ask a few contact content creators. I will private message the bejeebers out of them until they notice that somebody has swiped their stuff. And I will yeah. put it up in as many places as I can. I'm a serious hawk on that. But I'm a serious hawk on copyright anyway. I'm the same way with software piracy. I don't like it. To me, theft is theft. But yeah, if you own the copyright to something, they they have a mechanism in place for you to claim that copyright and you decide what happens. You know, do they pull it down? Do you get the revenue from it? Do you let it stay up? Do you shut them down? What happens? You have the you have the final say in that. Yeah. Well, they have the final say, but your input is what they're going to follow 99 times out of 100. Right. But the problem with that is you have to be your own police officer and cruise around the internet. I mean, how did you find those videos? And you found four, how many more are out there that you don't know about that you haven't stumbled across? What I've thought that they should, that what they should have on there is they should have a report button that allows me, if I'm cruising around and I see one of your videos, I should be able to report it. They look at it, they contact you through YouTube and say, we had a report that your video is on this channel. Is this your content? If so, claim it. But we can't do that. You can only report it if it's yours. Yeah, these these people have a logistics nightmare on their hands because you're talking about the world on their site and there's no way. They could do what they're doing, but even that, there's no way unless you shut down the algorithm is so tight Human beings are so creative. We're so creative that we have gotten to a point in life. Mind you, the journey continues long after we're we're gone. But to this point where we have everything from pyramids to aqueducts to castles to stories to mathematics, space shuttles, music, guitars, uh, buildings, just everything, just physics, videos, computers. It just goes on and on and on. We're so dynamic. And we hang on the shoulders of, of of generations. They can't. They can't. There's no way. Whatever they do, and if they don't have that wisdom to do, and I'm sure some of them do, and they argue this in their staff meetings or whatever the heck. But if that principle isn't held close to the to the heart, you know, in your journey, your insult to humanity and to your users is it's going to show through 
maybe not eloquently, you know, or uneloquently like I'm saying it, but people have an internal reaction when they see something that they don't uh, dig and they'll just walk away from it or not participate or any number of things. So, and if there's a mechanism to complain about it, a lot of them will. But then again, you can't account for personalities because you and I both know that there are people out there looking for something to complain about. That is true, too. You know, if you handed them 10 bucks, they'd be cheesed off it wasn't a 20. And if you handed them 20, they'd be cheesed it wasn't 50. I don't know. I just think that if there was a, an easier way to report obvious violations, you know, of stolen content, and notify the content creator. Let them be the judge. No, that's not mine. Guy made a mistake. Okay, fine. Yeah. They have the people to do that. They have the people to forward a message. Because that at least, and a person doesn't even have to do it. It can be all computerized. This belongs to this channel. And you put in a link to the channel it belongs to. They send a message to that channel's owner at the email address provided. It's all automated. Then that way you're alerted to it. You know what's out there and you can go complain and say, take it down. But if you don't know it and there's 30 more copies of your skull chair video out there that you don't know about, you're flying blind. Yeah. I, I just to, I guess we've covered basically a good amount of this. Um, there's so much more to say, but as far as I'm concerned, oh, yeah. I understand. I get riled. I get real riled about things well, like this. Well, <laughs> I've seen a, Mark, I've seen a, a, a dramatic reduction in my daily views. I had, 8,000 every 24 hours, 9,000 every 20, uh, every 48 hours. Um, and that was nothing compared to what you see out there, but it made a big difference for me. Sure. Um, something happened with the algorithm, which we all know. And then I was thrown into the matrix waiting room at the train station where the train never would come, but there was no in or out for Neo. You're just stuck there. So I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of saying that, they should allow the individual to make their viewing habits and their searching a little, uh, uh, more transparently what they're looking for. They should allow. They should allow as opposed to restraining because you're going to tee off more people. And it may not tee off a certain amount of people, but eventually it's going to encompass more and more people because you can't, you can't, that can't be sustainable like that uh, without pissing people off. Uh, it's a great, I love the site. I've been there since 2006. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like. I guess that I'm the newcomer because I started in 2010 and there was no monetization. And that's not what I was doing with it. I wasn't out to make any kind of a, a thing. I didn't know that YouTube fame was a thing. And I'm still not looking for YouTube fame. You know, above all, what I'm trying to do is help folks who are just getting started in a certain genre, you know. When they made it a business and it became competitive, some people shot to the top and some people got left in the middle. We are in a very, very competitive genre. And that's why I agree with you about maybe breaking down the subcategories a little bit more. Because, you know, if one guy is, oh, he wants to focus on automobile upholstery, let's say. He's not interested in all the knife-making videos. He's not interested in the uh, coffee grinder restoration videos. He's not interested in the YouTubers react to 1956 cigarette commercials. He's not interested in that. He's interested in what he's interested in. Yeah. So let him see that. But I also like your idea of the randomized button, where occasionally you can go to the home page and you can just hit 
randomize and show me what's what's up there. Yeah, there's actual sites outside of YouTube. I, I found one site that did that, but I think they did that for their own videos. <laughs> so yeah, they call it random, but they keep getting so there's that's an example of you, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, you, to, you you type in randomize YouTube video or something like that, and then you go into the site and you keep well, randomizing and you start realizing that it's all their their, their same videos. What I found what works real well. I don't know if you use Google Chrome as a browser. Yeah. Open up uh, incognito window and go to YouTube's homepage that way because you don't sign into any accounts when you go incognito and go to YouTube's ho- YouTube's homepage that way. Then if you see something cool that you want to subscribe to or whatever, copy the link, go over to a regular window, paste it in and go. So there's ways to do it. You just have to, you know, play around with it a little bit. Yeah, but it shouldn't be, it should, it, you know, look. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's also the thing we've talked about, and we kind of like in general agree on, on basic standards. Anyhow, you and I and a lot of us, you know, out here, it, it shouldn't be that difficult too. it should be transparent. But at the same time, we have talked about the fact that not everybody that makes a resin based vase with accompanying tray can show up on the first page of YouTube. No, we have they that. Can't. They just can't. And you know what? It, it, we are in such a competitive niche within YouTube. I mean, the entire maker, maker, ugh, maker community only makes a very tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of all the YouTube content out there. The majority of it's going to be gamers. It's going to be music. It's going to be entertainment folks who are big. There are people, we know people with 3 million viewers, or excuse me, 3 million subscribers that have never really been invited to any of the big YouTube events. I mean, you have not seen Bobby Duke or Jimmy DeResta in the YouTube Rewind at the end of the year. Not once. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of an overlooked area that, oh, they love the money. And oh, lo- they, they, they want that revenue and they want the viewers to keep coming back. But just an occasional nod or acknowledgement to this community within YouTube sphere would be an occasional nice thing. But we are such a small niche that is so heavily saturated, it's real easy to be just one more fish in a huge pond. But can't can't – so I I agree with you. But can't that apply to you name it, music uh, and and from uh, painting, uh, tablet painting – uh, unboxing reviews. This doesn't it compound? I mean, we're talking about I don't know how many millions of people or more on YouTube. Uh, you'd have to be some sort of space alien monkey that sits upside down, uh, hanging from the ceiling, reading poetry in German, um, in reverse with Enya playing in the background while eating ice cream. Just it has to. It would have to be. And then there, I am the unique human being on YouTube. Right, but then you're going to get a copyright strike from Inya. (laughs) You're right. Trampled underfoot.
So do we wrap up or do we hit some This Day in History before we sail into the sunset? I'm going to leave that up to you. All right. I'd like to hear a couple of This Day in History. I mean. Okay. May 21st, 1881, Clara Barton founded the American Red Cross. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's that's pretty ding-dong big. 18 what? 1881. Holy smokes. Yeah. That's over 230 years old, not quite 240 years old. And, oh, you'll like this, knowing the genre that you like. Mm -hmm. You're going to love this. May 21st, 1908, the first horror movie, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, premiered in Chicago. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, It was a silent movie. It was a silent movie. It was 1908. It was a single real film, 16 minutes. Basically, they there was a uh, a play that they kind of whittled down to get into one single reel, reel of film. They used the play cast and everything, the play sets and everything, but they filmed it with the cards, the dialogue cards that popped up. Amazing. It was released in 1908. Hey, let me... Let me ask you this. They already had the gramophone. Right. Couldn't they have earlier? Because it's such an odd thing. It, it came down to being able to outfit enough theaters to that was, and a way to synchronize the record with the film. So you had the sound playing at the same time the person's lips were moving. I so guess. it didn't look like it was being dubbed from another language. But, I mean, it would have been good. Okay, I, I don't want to, like... But this is one of those trampled underfoot things that wouldn't it have been good that so barring dialogue, they could have at least had like the orator and saying, and in this scene, you see Mr. Jekyll, you know, walking up, you know, and or Dr. Which one was it? Dr. Jekyll, Dr. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. You see Dr. Jekyll walking in, but he's slowly transforming at least some sort of and even if you're nudged off the scene by a few seconds either way you could still sort of and you have some audio and people i don't know man i think that 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 there was a couple of decades there where we could have had audio um yeah well but you got to remember that the first talkies came out in yes it was the jazz singer in 1927 so it was it was 19 years before they got the technology developed but the the first sound feature length sound talking movie was the jazz singer uh, mm. starring Al Jolson in 1927. 1927. And, and they did it by synchronizing a record to the video, to the film. Incredible. So. My, my grandfather then therefore was born in an era where movies had no audio. He was born in 1911. Yeah. So during yeah. that time, no audio. Yeah. My grandmother was seven years old when the jazz singer came out. Also today, May 21st, 1927, speaking of 1927, Charles Lindbergh, flying the Spirit of St. Louis, landed in Paris after the first solo air flight across the the Atlantic. That is crazy. The same day, 1932, Amelia Earhart flew across the Atlantic and became the first solo woman to fly across the Atlantic. It took her 17 hours. Holy smokes, across the, to where? Where'd she land? She landed in uh, Ireland. She landed in uh, Londonderry, Northern Ireland. But yeah, it was on the same day, five years apart, Charles Lindbergh and Amelia Earhart. Today, 
May 21st, 1980. Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back opened in cinemas in the UK and North America. I remember it. I didn't realize it was 1980. For some reason, I was thinking it was 1982. I, I don't know why I was thinking 82. But yeah, The Empire Strikes Back. I, I just want to say this about that. I remember it. I remember I was a little kid because in 1980, I was five. Think about that. In 1980, I was sitting on my bed in my room and my mom brought back McDonald's and they had a McDonald's Star Wars Empire Strikes Back fold out full thing like of the cold planet, whatever it was called. And you could Hoth, yeah. Hoth, and you could put the little Every time you could rip, pull the little stickers and you could put them on and create this whole um, scenery and then you could get free food. And it's what an impression for a little kid to see that. Uh, it was a big deal for me. And I went to see it in the movies. I was 19. <laughs> wow. I was 16 when the first Star Wars came out. Think about yeah. that, Mark. I mean, honestly, I isn't that? Yeah. You were 19 yeah. years old. I was 19 years old. I was, uh, that, that was about the time I tried to go into the army the first time and I was underweight. I couldn't join. The recruiter told me to go home, put some bricks in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> May 21st, 1983, David Bowie's let's, let's dance went to number one. And I remember that the single little bit of musical trivia call back to a couple weeks ago, guitar on that entire album. Yes, I know. By Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yep, yep. To include that little short guitar outro at the end of the single, Let's Dance. That was Stevie Ray playing. Yep. Um, And I'll just say that I remember it clearly because every Saturday morning, I would wake up, put on the cartoons, and just as the cartoons were finishing right about noon, Casey Kasem, his top 10 or top 20, I forget what top Top 40 with Casey Kasem. And guess who would pop up? We had Michael Jackson. We had um, Let's Dance. Um, boy, I'd have to think of them, but we had all those. And I remember listening to that song and saying, oh, that's cool because it's it's got the voices climbing up like back in the 50s. Uh, dun, 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 dun. It's got some of that, but we can get into that later. <laughs> I love yeah. that song. I love that song. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, man. That was, that was the very end of the disco era and the fact there were some that said that that kind of that that when david bowie went disco that signaled the end of it uh today may 21st 1955 chuck berry recorded his first single maybelline oh wow maybelline why can't you be true oh maybelline why can't you be true (laughs) and then 1964 the Drifters recorded Under the Boardwalk. Beautiful. I love it. One of my favorites. Yeah, beautiful song. Was it Oh When the Tar? Um, oh When the Tar? Something? That's Up on the Roof. Oh, that's Up on the Roof. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. They, yep. There's a similar vibe to them, by the way. Very similar. Yeah. This one, some people are going to go, who? But folks of my age will get it, will remember it. May 21st, 1992, Bette Midler was Johnny Carson's last guest on The Tonight Show. 
Ooh, it was wow. his final show. The fi- his final show was the following night, and he didn't have any guests. He just did a retrospective. And I, I don't know, some of you may remember this, but she serenaded him with one for my baby and one more for, for the road. And there was a dry eye in the house. I'm telling you. Uh, not long after that song, he ended the show and that was it. And it was the end of an era, Tr- May 21st, truly. 1992. It truly was. I grew up watching that as a little kid and watching his plaid jackets and go get louder and louder and louder. Yeah. <laughs> and so, that's the kicker. See, there's something that unites. And that's what I mean when I say it's an end of an era. You said you grew up watching him as a kid. Mm-hmm. So did I. He had more dark hair on his head. Or- uh, yeah. And it was in black and white, but I remember watching him too. Amazing. You know, I, as a kid, if I, you know, couldn't get to sleep or something like that, or if mom and dad would let me stay up usually on Friday night, I would watch at least the opening monologue and listen to the jokes. It, sometimes, you know, I've got, I think the first episode I ever watched all of, I remember Gladys Knight and the Pips were the uh, musical guests. And it was in the early 70s, 71, 72, something like that. Wow, so I was dude. 10 or 11 years old. But I stayed up until like one in the morning and watched it because at that time he was on for an hour and a half. So then he shrunk it down to a one hour show. I I do want to say that. So you mentioned that we both um, grew up watching that. So these are the the things that bind uh, Mm -hmm. cultures together, um, generations together, similarities, folk tales that are passed on, um, things that we watch like TV. We had all these things and we have enough reference. We have so many reference points that there's this unification, right? Um, Regardless of where you're at in the country, it's just a thing. Um, There is, and I don't mean to cut into the, I just want to say this because it popped into my head. There is um, the generation that I belong to, which ends at 1979 and it goes back and some estimates nudge it slightly, but one of the is from 1979 all the way back to 1961 is Generation X. What right. generation do you fall? It depends on who you listen to. Some people say I'm the one of the very last of the baby boomers. Some folks say, no, I'm the very beginning of the Generation X. I still call myself Generation uses correct spelling and punctuation and text messages because I do. But, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I'm whatever folks want to call me. I, I'm with you. Like it's yeah, not like my hey, world I'm, doesn't really revolve around it, you know? Right. Hey, I'm generation X. Watch out, buddy. Um, but it's weird that there's that huge. And then the baby boomers go back, whatever long story. Right after World War II, yeah. But yeah, you're right. There are certain things. And I mean, you know, and, and, and this will show you another difference in the generations, man, because we took, that one late night talk show, The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson, and that covered my generation and yours up, up until 1992. Yeah. So there was that common thread from 60. I want to say 62 is when he started from 62 to 92. So 30 years. Amazing. All right, guys. So we'll catch you next time. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, thank you for, for hanging out with us.